try to, um, whenever I sing, try to make sure that I've talked to God about what he wants me to do. And a month ago, I felt impressed to do a random song called I'm Not Giving Up. And after three weeks went by, it was everything and journey than me, I was discouraged. I'm like, God, I thought that you told me to do that. Um, so I, I was headed here. I was dressed and ready to go last week, and we didn't make it. Um, Everly wasn't feeling good. My dad, I had told him I was going to make him help me. And he said, guess what song they sang? And I thought, 
my God, like, how amazing. He didn't need to use me. Somebody last week was supposed to hear that song that you're not giving up. And I'm thankful for God that he's with us. This song they've done before, but um, I say amen. Who says amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. But the song says, Amen, and I always, God sometimes gives me little nuggets that just make me smile, and when we stand in awe at Jesus, so now every time I hear this Amen, I think, man, I'm in awe of you, God, and all the little things that you do, so um, just sing with me this morning. Behold, Jehovah, seated on the throne. Abba, Father, the well that overflows, the God who was and is and shall be forevermore. Holy is the Lord. I'm going to do that again.
this morning. The word has a name, and it's Jesus. Redemption. Redemption has a name, and it's Jesus. Holiness has a name, and it's Jesus. Victory has a name, and it's Jesus.
When peace like a river attended my
will I say when I'm held to the flame like I
Many times do you wonder how you made it this far? That's God. And when you realize it wasn't as bad as it seemed, that was God. When you were sitting all alone without a friend to talk to, suddenly a stranger calls with words that uplift you when it seemed help just come. Out of the blue, that was God. Oh, that's God. He's walking through my darkest night. His spirit is ascending, power and light. His love it surrounds me and wraps my soul safe and tight. Oh, that's God. He made a way for eternal life. Sent His Son to die. What a great sacrifice to nail all my sins to the cross. Oh, that's 
lessons on creation and DJ brought out some things somebody said something that kind of struck into what I was going to talk about today but DJ asked the question why did God create us why are you here I know some of you may be young you may be a child you may be a teenager you may be an elder but did you know, and you remember this all your life, there's a purpose God brought you into this life. You can blame it on your parents or whoever it was that brought you into this life, but I'm going to tell you something. God has an intention for every person that comes into this life. What is it? God created us to have a relationship with him. That's the thing that's sad. Because God had made every person, he's not willing that any should perish, and he wants every one of you to be his child and to bring glory to his name. The only way you can bring glory is to his name is to believe him and follow him. And one of the most hardest things to do, because we sit in church each week, we enjoy singing, we enjoy the presence of God, we enjoy the Word of God in Sunday school classes and what's brought out. But can I tell you something? Not as you look into this world, not everybody's going to heaven. Carl said it. Not everybody's going to make heaven. How many believes that? You know what? You might as well get it in your mind. I know people wants to say, God's so gracious, he'll rescue somebody like the thief on the cross at the last minute. He didn't have time to go and stop being a thief. He didn't time, have time other than he accepted Jesus Christ. 
the only way, the only hope of salvation. But understand this, as we look at the days that we're in, God is working on every person to come to him. And if you're not there, then you need to listen to what I'm telling you today. Because I want you to understand something. The enemy is bringing out many things to draw you away from God. And he's doing a good job at it. But I want you to hear something. Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, you're going to suffer. Yes, you're going to follow what God says and it ain't always going to be pleasing and not everybody's going to include you in the group. But I want you to know something. The glory goes to him. He created you. He made you for a purpose. And one day soon, you're going to look upon his face. Real soon. And it's going to be bigger and more alive than anything you see today. It's more alive than the computer. It's more alive than the TVs. It's more alive than electricity. It's more alive than the lightning that strikes from heaven. Our heavenly Father is alive and well, and he stands up on the throne. And he has the day that's coming. And those that come to him, those that surrender themselves to him. Now, why am I saying all this? For one reason. I got five statements today, and I'm going to make those five statements, and then I'm going to go back through them. But I'm going to make the five statements, and I want you to picture the people that you know, or maybe yourself. I'm not judging nobody. I ain't nobody's judge. But I want you to hear what I felt like God laid on my heart. Number one, those that love God and obey him, those are true Christians. Hear what I'm telling you now, Christian. Those that love God, fall in love with him, you know if you're in love with him, and those that love him, and those that obey him. How many hears what I'm saying? The second one is those that want him but cannot deny their self. Uh-oh. Now we're starting to meddle a little bit. They want to be a Christian. They claim him. They'll call him by name. But they got that ideal, Carl, that everybody's going to go to heaven. They want him but they cannot deny their self. Self must have his way. Self has got to be satisfied. Self is seeking something every day that God don't want me to have. So you know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm going to leave it alone. Those that want him but cannot deny him. I believe the churches have many people sitting in him today with the same thing going on. They want God. But they won't deny themselves. They'll come and listen to the preacher preach or listen to the song sing. They'll talk about chains breaking. They'll talk about all these things. But it's not going on inside. Why? Because they want him, but they cannot deny themselves. Now, there's scriptures for every one of these. The third one is those that deny him and refuse to look at the truth. They deny him. They may even say they're a Christian. They may even become a church. But they'll deny his presence when he comes at them. They deny him 
and they refuse to look at the truth. You know why they don't come to Bible study? You know why they don't want to have prayer meetings? You know why they don't want to talk about spiritual things? Because it will shine a light on what's going on in here. Excuse me, I'm not trying to judge nobody, but I can tell you how the enemy plays the game. Enemy will play that game on you, he'll play that game on me. The fourth one, they're getting worse as they go. The fourth one says, those that defy him and reject him. These are rejecting, listen to this, because there's a scripture. No, it's not this one. Those that defy him and reject him. These are rejecting their only hope of salvation and are on a path of destruction. Hear what I'm telling you. They said in church, those that defy him and reject him. They won't get me up there. I won't go to that altar. I'm not surrendering myself. I had a guy tell me one time after I witnessed to him for 45 minutes and he cried. And he talked about his sons. But all of a sudden, he said to me, I ain't vowing to nobody. And when he said that, the Holy Spirit completely cut me off. I had no more words to say. All I could do was walk away and say, God, forgive him. He don't know what he's saying. And I've told you that story, and a great tragedy happened to him in a few weeks' time. One of his baby's son died. His oldest son came out 14 years old, claimed he was gay, left the home. His wife divorced him. Everything in the world went crazy. And he couldn't even look me in the face. He would pass by and see me and turned around, and he'd been on the railroad longer than I had. He turned around and quit his job. Last I heard, he was over in Newport working a little place that sells fish and little animal stuff. Gave up his railroad career. He gave up everything he had. God, you don't speak to God's spirit that way. You can defy him all you want to. But let me tell you something even more precious than all of this. In the midst of it all, God's still trying to reach out. I don't care how many times you've rejected him. I don't care how many times. Now, only God knows, and I thought when they were talking about this morning in Sunday school, Judas found no place of repentance. You can't come back to God because you say you'll come back as he called you. And if he don't call you, you're in trouble. And people turn completely away from God and reject him completely. Now I want to talk to them about the last one just a second. Those that hate him and all his ways. Do you know there's people that way? They hate God and they hate all of his ways. And if they could, they would wipe Christians out in the whole world. They don't want your opinion. I've even heard Republicans say, we don't, we get rid of them Christians, we could have a whole lot better party. Yeah. Don't turn and go vote Democrat. I'm not telling you that. But there's some nuts in all corners. But those that hate him and all his ways, these turn down the measure of faith given to them. Did you know every man 
has been given a measure of faith. It's in Romans 12, 3. Every person here, every person that claims they don't believe in God, they've been given a measure of faith when they were born to believe, to reach out and grab a hold of this gospel. But if you deny whenever the presence of God comes to you, let me tell you something, God don't owe you nothing. We play this entitlement game in this country, but I'm going to tell you, we're not entitled to nothing but hell. We deserve it. But God is so gracious and God is so merciful. Before I get to those, I want to read something. In 1 Chronicles 28, 9, it says, David tells Solomon his son. Listen to the words of this. One verse, it says, And thou, Solomon, my son... Know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart. I want to tell you something, that's good advice from daddy. Daddy David gave, gave his son Solomon the best advice. He didn't tell him how to go out and defeat the armies. He didn't tell him all the other things he needs to come to be a great king. No, he said get in a right relationship with the father. How I many here's what I'm saying? That's why I'm telling you this today. You've got to get in a right relationship with your Heavenly Father. It says, serve him with a perfect heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Do you hear a father telling his son? Do you hear David telling his own son Solomon, knowing that God has called him to take his place? And yet he's telling him, the only thing that's important is your relationship with God. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care who you are here today. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You need to work on your relationship with God. That's what God's working on with you. It's not about your stuff. It's not about your family. It's not about all your blessings. But it's about the relationship you have with him. And if he walks you somewhere and you don't want to be there, well, so what? God's got plans to glorify his name through you. Walk with him. Talk with him. Live with him. In Deuteronomy 32, there's a passage there. It says, but Jeshurun. Jeshurun is another name for Israel. It says, Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. And sacrificed to devils, not to God. To gods whom they knew not, new gods that came up newly up. Whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begot thee, thou art unmindful. And hast forgotten the God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and his daughters. 
And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very froward, means a perverse, uh, perverse generation. Children in whom is no faithfulness or no faith. I want to tell you something. I could dis- that describes America, whether you know it or not. That describes our land. People has forsaken God. They've forsaken their relationship with God. All they want is something that looks good, something that's pleasing to the ear. Don't tell me about my sin. Don't tell me about my problems. Don't tell me what I need to get my right relationship right. Don't tell me I'm there. Just tell me how nice I, that I am and how lovely it was that I put, picked myself, dressed myself, and got to church on time. Praise God. Pat you on the back. I'll stand out there and pat everybody on the back if that helps you. But the truth is, you need to work on your relationship with God. That's what's wrong with Israel. Israel got to a place God had done all these things to why he wanted them to be his people. He was going to make them an example to the whole world. He wants you and I to be examples of Christ born again people. People that have found salvation, found the power of God. He wants us to be examples. He don't want us floating in and out, doing whenever we want to, being apart whenever we want to. Let me tell you something. God's into you about your relationship. When he stops working on your relationship, guess what? You're in trouble. You're falling into something. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. I want to go on now. The first one, this is the good one. This is what we ought to be, walking with God. Those that love God and obey him, true followers of Christ. In John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. How many know Jesus said that? If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, if you don't love me, don't worry about what this Bible says. Is that what he's saying? He's telling you, if you love me, keep what I'm saying. He's talking to his disciples. He's telling them, follow what I've done. If you love me, follow what I'm showing you, the walk that I'm showing you. Then he goes on in the 14th chapter again in John, verse 21. He says, he that hath my commandments and keep them, he it is that loves me. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And then Judas, not, the, not Iscariot, said, Lord, there's two Judases, but this one was not Iscariot. It says, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Don't you know the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit wants to come and live and dwell inside of you? This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we're doing everything to push him out of our life because God has trying to work on us. He's trying to use us as an example. And if you've been on the way a while and you're still battling it, I'm telling you it's time to repent. It's time to come back and say, God, I'm sorry for the wasted years, for the wasted time. 
Help me, Lord, to find my feet where I belong. Get on the straight and narrow. You know this is a straight and narrow, Matthew 7, 14, 13, 14. Talks about it being a straight and a narrow way. The world ain't walking the straight and narrow. The church ain't walking the straight and narrow. They want everything involved. They want the church wants to be a part of the world. And we want to accept that. I'll tell you right now, God's not accepting it. You want to know why God's silent? That's where God gets silent. God gets silent when people refuse to invite him into their hearts. They refuse to be rebuked. They refuse to be corrected. I don't know if you think I'm mad at you, but I'm not. 15.10, he said, John 15.10, he says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. The next one is those that want him but cannot deny theirself. It says it is... I think it's 2 Timothy 2.11. It says, It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall so live with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, here he is, yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. You know what? I don't care how many times he's tried to work on me and I've rejected him and I've pushed away. I didn't want him to tell me to do that. I don't want to be a part of that. But here he is. He cannot deny himself. He's faithful to keep coming at me and to drawing me in. He didn't give me one chance. He gave me many chances, Randy. He's loved me and he keeps on pulling on me. Don't, you don't surrender to what the enemy's doing. Don't go that direction. Turn to him. In Hebrews 4, verse 1, it says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. How many know we're coming short? You know what? You might look at me and you say, Well, you ain't coming short. You're doing good. No, you need to pray for me that I don't come short of what God tells me to do. Because I've got to be obedient just like you do. Every Christian you see, Carl and Patty's our elders here in our church, and I'm going to tell you something, they have to be obedient to the call upon their life. They're still fighting the battle. You think the enemy gave up on them? You think the enemy ain't trying to discourage them? He is. And he'll fight you all your life. But if this life is worth it, it's worth it, and he is worthy of it all. Praise his name. It says, verse 11, verse 11 of Hebrews 4 says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. He's referring to them like Israel was. They refused to believe Jesus was the Christ. They refused the Father sending his messenger. His Messiah to him. Romans eleven twenty one. If God spared not the natural branches, who's the natural branches? That's Israel. Listen to me. 
The God we serve knows exactly who you are. And he knows exactly who Israel is. And he says, if he spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell severity, but unto thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise, listen to this, thou also shall be cut off. I didn't say that, but look out. These Christians that think everybody's going to heaven, Carl, this says to me, look out. When you step on this gospel, just as Israel stepped on God's leadership, when you step on Christ and walk across this gospel and ignore it, guess what? You could be cut off just like they were. I'm, not, I'm just reading you what God said. I'm reading you what God's word said. We have an accountability. We have a life to live, a prayer life, a Bible study life. A life that God is trying to work in us and to be some, to be strong and to be able to fight the battle. We, want, we wonder sometimes. We look around. Where's God? Why didn't God stop this? Why didn't God stop this plague that started our way? I will tell you something, other. The plague has opened up a lot of eyes. And praise God he don't leave us where we are. If he left us where we are, we would fall right off into hell. But he works on you and me. I don't know if the world sees anything, but I know that the church needs to see it. We have the vision of God. We have his presence inside of us. We know what this gospel's about. The next one says, those that deny him and refuse to look at the truth, they claim godliness of their own goodness. I've seen a lot of churches. They live on their good works. So many of them live on what they do. Oh, I guess I'll go to heaven. I'll probably be ahead of the rest of you all. Ain't that, ain't that a, a, you know what? God sees arrogance in people. God sees the depths. That's what David said to Solomon. God sees inside. He knows the imagination of your mind and your heart, what you're thinking. Don't you dare step yourself one place ahead of nobody else. But, oh, God, forgive me. I remember my father. He would say stuff. And one time he said, somebody said, well, you're sure going to go to heaven. He, he looked at him and he said, I hope so. And they said, what do you mean you hope so? All the good work you did? He said, no, I'm still hoping in him. I'm still striving to enter in. Don't you know we got to strive? Don't you know this is a suffering battle? We are at war. I don't know if you know it or not. We're at war, and it looks like on the outside we're losing. But on the inside, God wants to revive us and to restore us and to bring strength and hope. He wants to make us a tower of strength and a tower of faith to this world. Look at Isaiah 59. These that deny and refuse to look at the truth. Isaiah 59, therefore is judgment far from us. Listen to Israel. 
Isaiah's telling them, therefore is judgment far from us, neither does justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. Listen to this. We roar all like bears. Any bear roarers here? We, we whine and cry about everything. God don't want you involved in that whining and crying. Cry out to him if you're going to whine and cry for anything. But he says, we roar like bears and we mourn like doves. We whimper around. You ever hear a dove? Just coo, coo. Feel sorry for me, coo, coo. That's about the way sometimes we are as Christians. But it says, we look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. Listen to what he says to him. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgression and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Let me tell you something. That's God's. God's trying his best to say, just like them, you know what your sin is. You know what sets you back away from living for God. You know, America has got sin everywhere, but they don't want to talk about it being called sin. Oh, no, we got an excuse for abortion. We got an excuse why people don't follow the design that DJ wrote about, preached about. It's God's design. Man and woman is God's design. Excuse me. I can't help if everybody in your family or everybody in my family goes the other way. I'll still tell you, it's God's design to do what's right. And then you can't get what God says is right. How are you going to hear from him after that? They're transgressions and they lie against the Lord. They are multiplied before. Before us, we know where our nation is. Think about it. Who should be praying for this nation? When you was lost, who was praying for you? Probably your mommy and your daddy. When you was lost, the church was probably crying out for you. I remember the prayer meetings they used to have in our my mom and dad's house. Me and Ben through the through the shelves into the living room and watched them pray. And they were praying hard and they were crying and they were weeping. What were they praying for? Lost souls. Lost people. Where are those that's weeping for the lost? Where are those that's crying out? Where are the mommies and daddies crying out for their lost instead of excusing them? Don't tell my kid or don't tell me my kid is lost. I don't want to hear that. No, they're going to be fine. No, they're lost. You need to face their loss, and you need to get on your knees and cry out to God to bring mercy to them, just like he brought to you.
They deny him and they refuse to look at the truth. Judgment is turned away backward. Justice stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth fails. And he that departs from evil makes himself a prey. And the Lord saw it and did displease him that there was no judgment. How many knows truths fail? We speak the truth to people, and they, they are so offended, that's why they want to erase you. You know why they want to erase Jesus Christ? Do you know the religious people, the Jewish leaders, wanted to wipe Jesus out? Why? Because he spoke truth to them. So when you speak truth, guess what? You're going to rub somebody the wrong way. They don't want to hear it. But Christian, can I tell you, God's requiring that we not only live the truth, but speak the truth. But truth has failed, according to what this is saying. These are those people that deny him and refuse to, to look at the truth. They don't want to look at the truth. No, because if they come to the truth, if our leaders in Washington would look at the truth, guess what? They'd be convicted about what they're dealing with. But they ain't convicted. They don't care that abortion continues. They don't care the route that we're heading down. They don't care the pipe that we're falling through. Do you think God is happy with that? Do you think God's okay with that? I don't think so. God wants this nation to rise up or God will wipe us out just like Israel. He will take you out of the hillside with the light on. Titus said this, under the pure all things are pure, but under them that defile, that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God. Listen to this. They profess they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work a reprobate. What's a reprobate? It's an unapproved. It's rejected. So they've become, I'm talking about people that says they profess they know God. But their works deny him. And they become a reprobate. Reprobate is someone that can't make a righteous judgment. They're unapproved. They're rejected as a person. God looks at him and judges him and says, I reject you. You have faith to believe, but you reject it. I have given you every opportunity, but you have rejected me. Now, I'm trying to speak serious. I'm trying to tell you the truth, and I'm trying to tell you whether you're a teenager kid or you're a grown-up. The day is going to come when you'll realize I have got to live this life for myself. I've got to live for Christ my own self. I've got to find him. I've got to search and seek for him. And I've got to worry about the relationship that I keep straight with him. Because if I don't, I won't be no good to marry nobody. I won't be no good for my children. Why would God give you children if you're going to lead them to hell? That's serious. I'm, I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings. I'm trying to awake, awake us. I'm trying to wake me up.
The next one is those that defy him and reject him. These are rejecting their only hope of salvation. Let me look at Proverbs. Proverbs says, because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But you have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. For they, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. John 3, 19. That's right after John 3, 16, where God gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes will have eternal life. Listen to this. John 3, 19 says... This is the condemnation that light is came into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. See, these people, they reject him and they defy him. And they stay away from him. Because if they come near him, it'll show light on them. You don't want to know why they hate us? They hate us because we represent God. I ain't nobody. I'm no better than anybody in the whole world. I don't care what color they are. I don't care how good they are or how bad they are. I'm no better and I'm no worse. I'm just a person that's accountable to hear what he says to me and to walk that the best that I know how. This is our only hope. This is our only life. He is coming and he is coming soon and every knee will bow and every tongue confess. It goes on to say in John 12, 48, he that rejects me and receives not my words hath one that judges him the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. The last one is those that hate him and all his ways. Deuteronomy 7. Know therefore, listen to these words. This is the most serious one of them all. And why? Because this will take a miracle of God to bring them back. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Those that hate him in all of his ways. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And listen to this. And repays them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hate him. He will repay him to his face. Oh man. I don't know about you, but that's serious. I don't know about you, but when when these are written down, there ought to be a fear struck in every one of us to stray away and act like it don't matter. Because the enemy doesn't want you just to stray a little. He wants to take you all the way down to the end and destroy you. He wants to put you on that path of destruction. 2 Chronicles 36, 15. 
and the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they, listen to this, but they mocked the messengers of God and despised his word and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people till there was no remedy. How many of those Americans heading down the path of no remedy? There won't be no repentance. God will turn his face when we begin to, and he'll laugh at our calamity because we have rejected standing up for what is right. We've rejected falling on our knees and praying, oh God, forgive this land. I don't know about you, but it upsets me. I said it Thursday night. It upsets me that abortions still go on. I don't give a hoot who they are in public, in their offices. I want to know who's going to stop it. Because as long as these things are going on, we're going to be facing a wrath of God. Proverbs 8.36, But he that sins against me, Listen to this, wrongs his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Wow. God don't fool around, does he? All that hate God, guess what they love? They love death. You say, what in the world are you talking about? I'm telling you, when you turn away from the only hope of life, you're loving death. You'll take all the pleasures of this world, the sin of your own self, and I say, Lord, get behind me. I'm doing it my way. And you're heading for death. You have no life in you. You have no life. It takes a born-again experience. It takes knowing the power of God inside of you to know you're ready to meet him. I'm almost done. John 15, 18. And I want to bring back to John because I was in John 14 before about loving him. But I want you to listen to what Jesus said to the rest of the disciples in the next chapter. He said, if the world hates you, talking to his disciples, you know that it hated me before it hated you. How many knows Jesus is telling his disciples, when I leave here, guess what? The world's going to hate you. Can they still hate us? That hatred is still going on. They hate God's people. They don't want to hear about what's righteous and holy and true and pure. They don't want to hear about it. John 15, 23. He that hates me, listen to what Jesus said. He that hates me hates my father also. Wow. Jesus came, poured his heart out to be obedient to the father. But he knew as they hated him, they hated the Father also. Because he was doing the Father's will. When you've seen him, you've seen the Father. Next verse says, If I had not done the thing among them the works which no man, no other man did, they had not had sin. But now they have no have both seen and hated both me and my father. But this come to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. They had no reason to hate Jesus. How can you hate somebody that loves you? 
How can you hate somebody that healed you? How can you hate somebody? The woman at the well, she got her whole life turned around. Did she hate Jesus? No. She loved him. She fell in love with somebody that would reach out and forgive her. A Samaritan woman. Set her on, her on the right path of life. But people reject him. And they deny him. And they hate him. You either love one or hate the other. That's what, what Matthew 6.24, I believe it is. You can't serve two, two masters. You're either going to serve God or you're going to find yourself hating God in all his ways. Matthew, come on back up. Thank you. <clears throat> Listen to this scripture. You've heard it all your life, and I'm going to read it, just a little bit of it. But I want you to hear it. It's in 2 Timothy 3. Those that you know what this said, it starts out saying, in the last days. How many knows we're in the last days? I want you to hear this. It talks about all the last day stuff, and I wrote down about three or four of them. It says, men shall be lovers of their own selves, unholy, despisers of those that do good, that are good, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Listen to me. But listen to the fifth verse. He gets to the fifth verse, and it's just struck me right. And I've read it many times, but he says this. They have a form of godliness. Who's he talking about? He's talking about people going to church. He's talking about people that claims God. They claim they're going to go to heaven. But they're doing all these things. He said, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And it says, from such, turn away. Get away from those churches. And I don't care if it's this one. If we die and quit seeking God, get out of here and find you somewhere. But we need to stay in the power of God. We need to stay in the worship of God. We need to keep looking for him. And to keep letting him work on us. We all know we all come short. But we're on the right path. I don't care if my kids fail. My kids have made mistakes in life. I made mistakes. But the most important thing is, do they know God and are they on the right path? If they're on the right path, I don't care how many times they fall down. He'll tell them to get up and go again. Praise God. Isn't that beautiful? That's the love of God. The grace and the mercy of God. For of this sort are they which creep into houses, lead captive silly women laden with sins. That's to me like these false doctrines. They will lead you into stuff. Now they use captive silly women. I'm sorry, women. That's, I didn't write it. Paul wrote it. But it's almost like he's referring back to Eve, that she got deceived. But I look at that and I think to myself, sometimes people, they just got their, their head open to, hey, let's do something new. Let's not do the old thing. Let's not get on our knees and pray. Let's not witness to nobody. Let's just send them a paper. Or let's just put a sign out. Let me tell you something. God needs people that ain't ashamed of the gospel that's inside of them. Ain't ashamed of their testimony. To say, Jesus loves me. And he loved me for all my life. And he's forgiven me many times. 
Praise God. You know, people need to hear the gospel truth. They need hope in this life. They're not getting it. It said, a little away with the verse lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We got ministries that are flooded with all kinds of books and all kinds of things, but there's no victory. Inside, where's their victory? Inside their church, where's victory? See, we need victory, church. We need to work on each other. We need to pray for each other. I praise God that when somebody comes to this altar, people come and they pray with them. They're willing to get down on their knees. And I can tell you, I got a knee that's killing me. You get older, everything hurts. Just thinking about getting down. It ain't the getting down. I can fall down any day. I just can't get back up. Well, can I tell you, in my heart, I'm crying out, oh God, oh God, give them victory. Oh God, reach down and take a hold of their heart and let them know that you love them and that you know where they're at and what's wrong. God is rich in mercy. Ephesians 2. God is rich in mercy. He's also, for by grace are you saved through faith. If you believe, He'll save you. See, we're talking about a God of great grace and great mercy. Yes, He's worthy. There is no one that would forgive you like He would. Even moms and dads have walked away from their children. God will forgive you when he comes to you. If you'll come to him heartily. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I failed you. Everyone stand if you would. I know this is a different message. I'm not trying to classify nobody. But the severity of the day destruction that's going down. And we have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the words of God. We come here on Thursday nights and we have Bible study. And I get thrilled listening to the Bible study. I get thrilled listening to the words. So many times, just like in Sunday school, my mouth shut because it gets into what I'm already studying to preach on. And I'm thinking, I don't want to spill the beans before we get there. And I praise God for his confirmation. And I praise God for him speaking through the people that's teaching. I praise God for what he's doing. We need each other. We need the singers. We need the musicians. We need the people that's, that's got a heart for what God's doing. They don't get credit sitting there a lot of times. But the truth is, they're, they're playing and somebody's singing. And the Spirit of God begins to flow. Can I tell you, we're all part together. Together. You may need, you may have a need today. They showed up, did their part. I show up, do my part. You show up, do your part. It might be you next week. 
need God to move in your family and your home. I need God to move in mine. I need, I need his mercy again. I've asked for his mercy many times. But I pray, oh God, rescue the lost. Rescue those that are far away from you. They think holding on to mom and dad's coattail will get them in. But God's trying to tell Solomon. David was telling Solomon, you need your own walk with God. Listen to me, Solomon. You need your own walk with God. He didn't blow his head up and tell him how great he was. He told him, get, seek God. Let him search your heart, Solomon. That's what God's telling everyone. That's where your life in this land before you leave here. You're preparing yourself to go home. If you need to pray, come. I've been saved. Prophecies fulfilling all oh, the signs of the times, they're appearing everywhere. I can almost hear the Father as He says, Son, go get the children.
Bible is a living word. The greatest people that's ever lived in America are written down in books that sit and collect dust. They don't even teach our history hardly anymore. But can I tell you something? The Bible's alive. Why is it alive? God took common people, just people, that believed him and he made heroes out of it. And when you read it, it brings life to you. Brings hope to you. I don't care how strong you are. Some of the best looking people, some of the best strongest people, they're in all the papers and all the books and all the magazines. Everybody wants to see them. Oh, they're so... Let me tell you something. They got nothing. If they don't have Jesus, they'd have nothing. Without him, your life is a dead end. All the beauty that you have, I'm sorry, you might even be a beautiful old person. But the truth is, you're coming to your end. It ain't going to carry you through. Only Jesus can carry you through. He wants to change this in here. Oh, Lord, make me shine for you, Jesus. Get glory out of my life, Lord. That's all it's ever been worth. Is Lord the glory for you. Don't hold on to this world. It'll let you down. Most of everybody in here that's elderly can tell you that's going to happen. But you won't believe it till it happens to you because you think you can beat it, but you can't. Me and my father went to a nursing home one time. And you would think going to a nursing home, oh, that's just a bunch of older people who can't, can't take care of themselves. We went to a nursing home, and the nurse came and got me and my dad. We'd been there many times. He said, I, she said, I need you to come and pray with this young man. I didn't know what she was saying. We walked into the room young guy laying there 30 years old he dove into a lake and was paralyzed from his neck down in a nursing home his head he could pull his head up and he, all the time I'm in there he kept saying I'm getting out of here I'm getting out of here they, they ain't gonna keep me in here My, they're gonna get me out of here he kept saying it to me over and over and over he was paralyzed from his neck down you know what? You have no promise. This life will let you down. Jesus is all that matters. I'm so proud of Nikki. You know what? She didn't sit down. Most of us have been hurt like she's been hurt. They'd sit down and whine. No, she still comes. She wants to sing. She wants to be involved with the children. She wants to keep walking. Ain't that what you need to do? Oh, God, put that desire in me. I just want to keep walking, Lord. Every day you give me, let me finish my race faithfully and truthfully. Have your way, Lord, in me. God knows every heart. He knows if you're ready or you're not. I don't know when God's coming back. 
This, this week is called Rosh Hashanah. I think it starts tomorrow, isn't it? Tomorrow. Feast of Trumpets. The Bibles, I put it in, I hadn't, Anna called for the pastor's pen in the bulletin. And I put in there about the trumpet sound. Not about Rosh Hashanah, but I put it in there about the trumpets. Why? Soon Jesus is going to blow a trumpet. Voice is going to be like a trumpet. And the dead in Christ shall rise. Oh God, I've I got to be ready. I don't want to leave nobody behind. Everybody I'm accountable to, God, I pray, help me to do my best for them. Don't you know you ain't got but a short time in this life? Be ready. Get yourself ready. Cry out to him. He'll answer you. If he knows you're serious, he'll answer you. Be willing. Be ready to surrender to him. Thank you for your patience today.